I, I woke up this morning and said, God, I just need you. I'm hungry for you. So I look at all, I, I can walk out in my garage and, and, out the, and, my, and we were, Valley, were, Valley and I were, were, well, mostly Valley, was straightening up yesterday. I, I, in fact, I text, texted one of my daughters and said, your mother is, um, your mother is uh, organizing, quote unquote, and I'm sitting on the couch making dirt. <laughs> Bally says that's an accurate portrayal of yesterday. The truth is we got a lot done, and uh, but I, I'm and we were carrying things in the garage and in the and and in the basement. I'm thinking, man, I got a lot of stuff. You know, the accumulation of 38 years of marriage and and a life. You, you just you, every time you go to to Walmart, you bring a bag back in. You and, and you lose the square foot of your house, you know, that kind of a thing. <laughs> but, and and that's, that's kind of how life is. And so sometimes I look at that and I says, you know, at the time when I wanted that, so desperately wanted that, and there it sits, collecting dust. Ultimately, I needed, and I'm speaking of me today um, uh, at this moment, that the, the thing that I need is, is most this morning is his presence and his touch hungry for god hungry for god not just on the on the kind of like the surface level just kind of patch him up and go, send him on i want his presence his power in my life because he changes things he satisfies he blesses now as a i'm a pastor okay nothing more nothing less you know i'm thankful to be to be in that in that kind of environment or, or doing, I, I talk to many of you and says I wouldn't have your job for anything. You say that, you know, oftentimes when, you, when we confer, and I wouldn't do anything else. But here's, here's the thing, as pastor, and I know we, there's, there's, there's all kinds of things out there to look at on, on, online and internet and stuff like that, and, and, and I don't know what, your, what our picture, our collective picture of church and ministry and all that stuff is, but it really boils down to it. Jesus is coming one day. Okay? Right now, we're in this mode of occupying until he comes. And in, in doing so, we're living the day-to-day thing. We're enjoying our families. We're working. We're, we're, we're experiencing sometimes illnesses. We're experiencing uh, 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 problems with families and, you know, people die and we're, we're experiencing life, okay? What I want m- most, most desperately for you and as a pastor is that on that day when I stand before him that you would be there, okay? That, that I could look to my left and my right and I wouldn't see one empty space, you know what I mean? And, and in doing that, recognizing that as we live life, as you and I go through this, we got to know how to navigate this life, this world in a spiritual way, how to tap into God, how to get what he has for us. That's what I want for you. Does that make sense? And in this passage of scriptures, Philippians, the fourth chapter, one of my favorite passages in the Bible, I think it's because, I mean, I, I'm capable of, 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 of some of this kind of like this ethereal thinking, but I really like the practical nature of the things that Paul 
teaches. Now, recognizing as we go into, as we step into this passage of Scripture, okay? and let me, let me just throw, I've got it right here, it says preliminary remarks. <laughs> it doesn't mean that they're not important. At the writing of this letter, the, the Philippian, and you say, what is a Philippian? Well, uh, it's Philippi. It was a city. It was in, in Asia Minor near Macedonia, probably the primary city in Macedonia at the time, that, that area of Asia Minor. Okay? It, was, it, it had been connected and, and uh, tied to Rome. Well, Rome owned everything at this point in time. Okay? But at the writing of this letter, Paul speaking to a church in this city called Philippi, then that's why it's called Philippians. People who live in Philippi are called Philippians. Okay? That's, that's, that's the end of that. Paul's in prison, probably in Rome. Probably in Rome. And that's about 1,200 miles away. For those of you who love the history lesson, here it is, okay? okay. It's a pastoral letter, yeah? If you read through, there's, there's, there's none, of the, none of the detail and the, the mind-bending theology that sometimes you, that you find when you try to read Romans or Hebrews, okay? And you say, well, it doesn't bend my mind. You haven't read it deeply enough. But here's a pastor giving very practical, talking to them uh, uh, as he would his children. Now, in in this pastoral care, some of the things that you see is that he was thankful for their care while he was in prison. Obviously, and and, and in this chapter you'll see, and and in 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 the four chapters of the book of Philippians, you'll see where Paul talks to them and says, you know, you, you gave and you helped me. And this, you know, it's like, I don't, I, I don't know if they had a canteen in the Roman prison. I don't know that they had. I don't know how the structure was. I guess if, that there are some resources out there that we could find and figure that out. But my hunch is, is that he was, Paul was completely dependent upon outsiders to, so that he would be fed and clothed and the kinds of things that he would need while he was in prison. And this church stepped up, and he was thanking them for that. In fact, they had sent someone named Epaphr- Epaphroditus. Is that, is that right? Epaphroditus, interesting name. Uh, to You might say, it's just like, I guess they didn't have Western Union at the, the, that day. Okay? And if there was money, if there was, if, if there was resources, uh, books, or anything, it had to be carried kind of like uh, in the slow fashion of, of on foot or, or, or whatever conveyance that they had at the time. Um, and he talks about Timothy, and he talks about Epaphroditus, um, and he gives them some warnings in this, in, this, in this short book. He talks about his hopes of coming to them and spending time with them. But also, he, there's this caveat. He knows that death, it was possible that he would die too, that he would miss out on this. That he would somehow miss out on, on being there, there, coming and visiting with them. Okay? Now, uh, here's, here's how I like to approach a passage of Scripture. And I do this even if I don't tell you I'm doing this. There's always a context. There was a historical context. There, were a pe- there was a people, there was a time, and there was an event. And some of the things that he says to them... Connect to those times, those events, certainly. But I also know that there's some timeless, there's some timeless truths here 
other than, and if there, there aren't, it's simply a history lesson, and it's a nice thing to do, but, it's, but what good is it for us? But that's not the case here. What we have here, are there's some timeless, there's some then, there's some, there's some now. And there's some timeless truths and timeless and universal principles that we want to pull out of here. And again, it goes back to this whole idea of how are you going to navigate? How are you going to live through the life that you're living right now? Okay? I know it's not easy. I know it's not easy. You're confronted with, with, with turmoil sometimes from the inside and from out. You're tempted. You're tempted to do things and to say things and to, and to believe things that will take you over the edge. In the context of living with one another, husbands and wives, children and moms, uh, uh, children and dads and all this stuff, uh, you know, sometimes we have barbs on our elbows when we're living to, you know, you know what I mean? We hurt each other. It's not easy, but I want you to know it's easier with God. And God understands this. In his word, he has some things for us. There are three basic teachings in this scripture that I think are timeless. There's context to it, but they're timeless. And these are some of the things that will help you. You You can take this stuff. You practice it this week. You can practice it this week. This will help you this week. This will help you today if you'll take it on board. Okay? When I talk about the greatest need, I don't know what your greatest need is, but I do know that God addresses it over and over and over in Scripture. Okay? The, the, three, the three teachings in this passage that I'd like to highlight is that God's peace is available to you. God's peace is available to you. And you know what? You know, some of you are sitting here saying, I don't even know what that feels like. I don't know if I've ever been really at peace inside. Always something, always something pulling at me. Da, 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 da. You know? Yeah. I get it. I get it. We live in the same world. Yeah? We, we may have different addresses. We, I've got two daughters. You may have three sons. I don't know. But we live in the same world. But I want you to know that God's peace is available to you. And if you do some of the things that, that, that not I, that I'm simply going to repeat what God has given to Paul for you and for me, you're going to have peace this week. You can know a measure of peace. Now, this is why it's called the peace that passes all understanding. It comes from God. Yeah? See? As a pastor, I want you to have that. Okay? The, the next one is, is, is that you can tap into God, tap into Jesus, in order to accomplish some difficult things in your life. Okay? Does that make sense? That's in this passage of Scripture. That is a, that, that, that little old you. And, and I know right now, I, I sense it right now, somebody said, but you don't understand, Pastor. Paul was different. Paul was different. You don't know what kind of life I, I live. I don't deserve, you know. I've got to do this and this and this, and then God will listen. That's not true. That's not true. He hears your prayers. He responds to you. You have access to him in Christ Jesus. Okay? So, so another thing, the, the thing is, is that you can tap into Jesus 
uh, when you are confronted with difficult things, not only to, to get through them, but to do well. Okay? The next thing, the, the, the final thing is, is, is God's supply is sufficient for you. Okay? Whatever that, whatever that thing is in, in your life that you need, God can supply. I believe that. And that's all in this passage. So why don't we, why don't we step right into it? We've got time this morning. <laughs> Philippians, the fourth chapter. Therefore, my beloved brethren, he says, whom I long to see, my joy and crown in this way, stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. I urge you, Euodia and Syntyche, to live in harmony in the Lord. Evidently, just, you know, this is friends. It's kind of like me saying, all right, you know, Brother Joe, Brother, Brother Glenn, you know, I know you've had some rough times. I, I encourage you, based upon my relationship with you, to be at peace with one another. Just a, just a simple thing, right? Just a simple thing. Sometimes it needs a, you need a friend to intervene. To, to kind of like turn the lights on and say, okay, guys, come on, let's get this right. I urge them to, to live in harmony in the Lord and do indeed true companion. I ask you also to help these women who have shared my struggle in the cause of the gospel together with Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers and those, uh, those whose names are in the book of life. Remember, you remember Philippi? Paul shows up there and... Uh, some of the interesting things in the book of Acts that happened in the book of Philippi. When he first got there, you know, he went down to where they washed clothes by the river and encountered some people. They were, they were praying and they were teaching and some people, what was that, Lydia? Was it Lydia who heard and became a believer? Right? Wasn't she the one that was raised from the dead later on? Okay. okay. But we see, and we also see in the, jail, the jailer, Philippi, Philippi, the jailer, remember? This is where, this is where, the, this is where the little demon-possessed girl was, the, the demon was driven out and she was, could no longer do her seance thing or her, or, or her medium thing. And, and all of a sudden, the, uh, they were, uh, Paul and, and Barmas were thrown into jail and, and they were singing at midnight, right? And the chains fell off and people got saved. So this is the church that Paul's speaking to. This is the church. Indeed, true companion, I ask you to help these women who have shared my struggle in the cause of the gospel together with Clement and also the rest of my fellow workers whose names are are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord's near. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there's any excellence, anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things that you have learned, and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now you, you at last have revived your concern for me. Uh, you were, indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. Now that I speak, not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstance I am. 
Now, that's an interesting statement, isn't it? I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstances, I have learned the secret of being, of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through Christ, who, through him who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well to share with me in my affliction. You yourselves know, Philippians, that at the first preaching of the gospel, after I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, but you alone. For even in Thessalonica, you sent a gift more than once for my needs. Not that I seek the gift itself, but I seek for the profit which increases your, to your account. But I have received everything in full and have an abundance. I am amply supplied and have received from Aphrodite what you have sent, a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every, every, name, every saint in Christ Jesus. The, the, the brethren who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Those three lessons are in there, but there's, con- there's always context. Is, uh, you know, I recognize it. There's a couple of passages that we, that, we, that, we, that we love. And quite frankly, sometimes we just kind of pull them out and use them, okay? You know, for my God shall supply all your... All you need according to his riches and glory, right? That's, a, that's, that's one of them. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Could I say to you very, at, at the very initial thing that these things, that these things uh, have a, a historical context? Yeah? And in terms, that, in terms of I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, what was his context? He was in prison. He was in a difficult spot. There are a lot of people, you know, if, if, you, if you extrapolated some people's uh, present-day theology, you'd, you'd say, well, look at all these crazy things that were happening to Paul. He must not have been a man of faith. <laughs> That's crazy. Be biblical of all things. In all things, be biblical. It's, it's, it's in your hands. It's, it's at, in your home. You've got access to the Word of God and something you can understand. God had a plan and a purpose for him. There's a war going on. He was one of the warriors. Okay? And there was a reason why he was in jail. But here he was. He talked about being hungry. Someone turn that off. <laughs> oh, by the way, turn off your cell phones. Unless you're on call and you're medical personnel, then put it on a, then put it on a buzz. Okay? Or something like that. That makes sense. Uh, you know, and I, I can't be too harsh. I was sitting at my, my niece's wedding, and I had it on silence, and I leaned over to my daughter to squeeze her, and it hit a button. <laughs> and it started talking. How embarrassing. How embarrassing. So, the, so I'm, not, I'm not, you know, it's like I understand how this happens, but, but let's, let's try to be careful. But Paul, here he is. He's in jail in prison, in a difficult spot. And, he's, and, and evidently there's been times when he didn't have enough because he makes reference to it. And there are times when he had an abundance because he makes reference to it. Now the interesting thing is he, he says, I have learned the secret. 
I know how to, to live in, in need and in abundance. So how many of us can say that in terms of, of having peace and having not? It has to do with recognizing that you're really, you really aren't alone. Even though things may be falling down in your life, things may look bleak. You may look in the cupboard and there's not enough. Or you may look in some area of your life and you're thinking, you know, I'm in trouble here. It comes from understanding and recognizing who he is, who Jesus is. And that he is with you wherever you go. I think that was part of what Paul, Paul was saying here. Okay? Because earlier, in, I, read through, I read through the whole book this morning as I sat and kind of went on. You know, in that same place where yesterday I was, I was like making dirt, you know. I sat there, and I was reading through that, and, and this whole idea of, of you know, I, I count all the, th- the great things in my life as, as trash just so that I could get to know him and share in not only in his life and in his resurrection, but know him even in his sufferings, yeah? We're talking about somebody in a different dimension, Right? Okay. You ever feel like that when when you're reading when you're reading the the the, the what, what some of the things that Paul says is like man I'm so far from that I don't even know where to begin. But knowing that is but it, that is available to you. So, now okay, recognize that, that that was the context. But is there not a universal principle? As we look at all Scripture that God shall supply your need according to His riches and glory. That if you ask anything in His name in Jesus' name, that will He do. That he understands uh, the things that you need before you even ask. He is the one who who took the few uh, pieces of bread and the few uh, uh, pieces of fish and broke them and fed a multitude. And said to his disciples, greater works uh, than these will you do because I go to my Father. See? See, so you can, you, can, you can take this, even though this is, this is kind of an interesting place and an interesting context, you can see that God, that there's a universal truth, that God is all in all. That you, you as his children can ask so you can receive. Okay? God does provide all our needs. I, I told you a story one time. I've, I've probably, at 14 years here, I've, I, I've probably told this story many times. But I'll tell it again about the time when I was a young Marine and I was home, didn't have very much money. I didn't handle my money very well. A, you know, not that there was a whole lot of it. I remember I, I went into the Marine Corps. I was making $288 a month saying, woohoo, thinking I had a whole lot of money there. It's 1972. It, I guess it was kind of a lot for, a, for an 18-year-old at the time. Could buy a car on it, but still didn't, didn't, didn't do very well with my money. And I remember... I barely got home for Christmas, but had no money, had nothing to give. And I was, I was sitting, I was a believer by then. I was sitting there, this old King James Bible that I'd bought in Okinawa. And uh, I I'd, hadn't I'd marked things up, you know. I'm flipping the page, and I shared this with you before, but my mother came in, I, I was thinking, you know, I, can, you know I'd, I hate to wake up on Christmas morning and not give something to the family. You know, I should have thought about that six months ago, right? Or three months ago. But I was 19, okay? Just, <laughs> I just give me, give me a chance to grow up and learn some stuff, okay? And so, and, and I, 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 I was arguing with God because I was saying, look, I can ask my mom for a few bucks 
and I can go out and give something so that I can give them to, to And the Holy Spirit said, uh-uh. Now, this was the day before Christmas Eve. I didn't have a whole lot of time because back then, things weren't open 24-7, okay? Okay? And, you know, in other words, things closed at noon. You remember when things closed at noon on Christmas Eve and you're just out of luck? You didn't get it before noon. It's gone. It's just, you're out. It's just the way it was. And so, so I said, God, I, and I'm, I'm arguing back and forth with the Holy Spirit. I said, yeah, but, but don't you know, I don't have enough time. If, if I'm wrong in hearing you, if I'm, gonna, if I'm listening to you and I'm wrong, then I'm just out. But he wouldn't. He wouldn't. And so I'm flipping the pages. My eyes fell. On this. I, wasn't just, I wasn't doing this thing, you know. I was just reading and stuff. I flipped the page open, and there it was, and it just kind of come at me. It says, for my God shall supply your need according to his riches and glory. In other words, God knows. Say, yeah. Context? Context? Yeah, there was no context. The context was that the Holy Spirit knew who I was. God knows who you are. He knows the circumstances you are in. And as I said, okay, God, gotcha. And at that moment, my mother walked in the room and says, hey, Bill. She called me Billy, though. Don, where are you? <laughs> and, and she hands me this check. It was 1974. I don't know why Ohio was giving rebates back for Vietnam-era veterans and stuff like that, but I get 100 bucks. And she said, well, I'd been thinking about just giving this to you for Christmas, but this came in the mail for you. And, you know, the next day I went out, and I said, cool. You know, you know, it was that one little moment. God said, I'll supply your need. Don't do it. He still supplies needs today. Okay? You know, and that's, and, and I don't think that God can't do some pretty heavy lifting. You might say, well, God can do little things. No, God can do massive, amazing things. Not just a hundred bucks here. God can, can meet your needs according to his riches. I believe that. I believe that. I believe that. That's what Paul was telling them. Now, the context was, you have given to me, God's going to meet your needs. Now, isn't that, is, isn't that also connected to the Scripture? Haven't you ever seen that principle? Given it shall be given to you. Press down, shaken together. God will give into your lap. Know this, that there is a spiritual universal principle uh, that, that it's, it's the, the greedy, closed fist can't receive. It's when I give. It's when I am, you might say, generous. When I am trusting, and you might say in that, just, he says, given it shall be given to you. When I plant a seed, it's, uh, that's a, the only time I ever get a harvest is when I plant a seed in the ground. Got lots of potatoes this year, didn't we, honey? Kind of, it's, it's, you know, I'm still kind of like a, 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 a child with a new toy. I enjoy you know, planting stuff and then digging it up and saying, wow. It worked. Yeah? yeah? It worked. We got about a, you know, they put these little spud things in the ground and come back and the plants will wilt and die. And I, we, I put the spade in and I said, wow. They look like this stuff in the store. But it's free. It's mine. I know, I know you think I'm silly there. But, but see, God, it's only when... You laugh at me. <laughs> it's when I when I give, when I plant, that that the, these things come back. It's a universal principle that you can use with your children, with each other. It's when you when you give love, you'll get you're going to get back. 
Some people running around saying, will somebody just love me and they just treat everybody so horribly? Love. You watch it come back. Give. You can watch it come back. You can watch it come. He says, throw it on the waters and the waves will bring it right back to you. God will supply all your needs. Now, I'm not taking these in order. 